Hi, I'm Christine Barr, and welcome to You Gotta Meet Her podcast. Are you looking for a podcast that's going to help you find common ground and women telling their stories that's in a fun, outgoing, and definitely a raw way? Well, let's get real with all these women so you can find out why I say you gotta meet her. I want to give a big thank you to all of you listeners out there. You are what keep this podcast going. From our Facebook group, from the website, christinebar.com, I want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. We are now in 13 countries. What's up? We're around the world. The United States, Ireland, Australia, Germany, New Zealand, Mexico, Netherlands, Canada, United Kingdom, Colombia, Egypt, Singapore, and Puerto Rico. Thank you all for listening. And if you have a moment today, can you please go on whatever platform you're listening to and like, subscribe, and write a review. When you do this, you're allowing other people to say, hey, I'm listening and I like it. And then they can go and find it and we can start touching more hearts. We can start making more change. We can find more common ground. And there are so many people out there that are feeling alone right now that we can say, hey, come sit at my table. If you're in the Netherlands, come sit on my virtual table, girl. If you're in Egypt, what's up? (laughs) I want to hear from you. I want the reviews. I want all of that. I would appreciate it so much so that we can get this movement moving. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Welcome to You Gotta Meet Her podcast. I'm Christine Barr, and today we are talking with Lydia. Lydia is one of my favorite people on Facebook. (laughs) She's so sweet. She's amazing entrepreneur, go-getter. She's lived a lot of life for her age. She's just awesome sauce. I don't know why I said awesome sauce, but that's what came to me, and so that's what we're going with. She is so gracious. (laughs) Um, She's also a preacher kid, so she tells us a little bit about that and her journey through that, but with her business, she gives us so many different points of view on how she had to grow her business by being a stay-at-home mom. I love the story so much. It starts off small and just won't stop growing. (laughs) And that's what we're here for. We're here to hear these amazing stories, the failures, the ups and downs, and how we get to this beautiful end where we are today and how we get to see where we're going in the future. So I want you to please meet Lydia. All right, today we're talking with Lydia. Lydia, tell us a little bit about you. Well, I am 26. I'm married and I have three kiddos. 
Um, I don't, I don't even know. I feel like this is the hardest, like hardest question. Like I know everything about myself, but I never know what's like the best thing to tell people. Like, I don't know. Um, well I have, I was a teen mom and changed my life dramatically. Um, had to build my businesses up from the ground and I just refused to be a statistic and that's why I'm here and that's why I'm doing everything that I'm doing. Um, so that's a little bit nutshell about me with a little bit of dig to my past, but um, that's, that's essentially who I am. I'm a mom, I'm a business owner, and I'm a wife um, at my very core. Yeah. What is your um, race and ethnic background? Um, okay, so I'm just the most basic, plain and simple uh, person. I guess my race would be Caucasian. Um, my background, I have a little bit of Cherokee Blackfoot. Um, and I'm also Italian on my dad's side, but it's very, very minimal at the point that I am at now. Um, so I'm just typical run of the mill. <laughs> right, right. No, and that's fine. We like that too, girl. It is okay. That's <laughs> Um, but were you raised in a white household? Like, was that the culture that you were around all the time? Or were you like, even though you were white, you were in a different community culturally, or were you raised in a white culture? I'm pretty much a white culture. Um, for the most part, um, I had a different mix of friends, like growing up, but my culture and, um, like the neighborhoods and stuff that I lived in were predominantly white. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, you already told us your age. Where are you originally from? I am from Texas. Um, we actually lived in the Dallas area growing up, then moved to like Fort Worth, but now we're just kind of smack dab in the middle. Uh, I don't have any kind of crazy like moving across the country situations. My dad's a pastor, um, so his work has always been very local, and the churches that he's worked with have all been within the DFW area. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're a pastor's kid. You a PK too? I am a PK. So that's where the whole fun thing comes into play when I'm like literally the typical preacher's daughter who got pregnant at 16 and was like, deuces, I'm going to be a rebel. <laughs> so it was, it was a fun time to say the least. I didn't know that you were a PK too. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And when I say like the same story, like there was like something happened at 16 that like, rebellion is all that was through my blood and I still see it today especially um when it comes to social media and when it comes to my business um if you if you aren't if you're not a preacher's kid it's like a different form of celebrity I don't know if you agree with that and it it's all about not shaming the family not doing Oh, or everybody's looking at you or, Hey, you can't wear that because you know, you don't, ha you have the privilege of your dad doing this, this, and this. So you have to be this, this, and this. And it almost takes that, that identity away from you. Do you do yeah. feel that way? And like, how did you overcome that? No, I love that you actually brought that up because I feel like no one understands that. Um, I was actually explaining to one of my good girlfriends the other day, I was like, when I'm an Enneagram too. So I'm very much like the helper. Um, I want to help other people. I have like a perfectionism is like mm -hmm. one of the things that I've always struggled with because I, I wing three. So being a perfectionist is like one of those core things. But um, when it comes back to like your core and I think it goes back to, you know, childhood, you are not allowed to 
say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing. You have to look perfect. Once you step out of that house, it doesn't matter what happened before. If there was an argument or whatever, you were to put on the PK face and you were going to go and your family is perfect. And I just think that's so unrealistic for anyone. I mean, it doesn't matter what your job is. If you have a perfectly happy home life, I mean, everyone has things that they struggle with. And I grew up and I had a great childhood. I really did. Um, but you, you know, you still have those things <laughs> within life where you're, you know, I'm going to beat my brother upside the head and then I'm going to walk into church and I like, nothing happened. <laughs> so, um, I think that's, um, it's the, one of those expectations I carried with me for a long time. I really had to work hard internally to just not give a damn. Yeah. Like realistically, I just had, it was very hard for me to get out of the mindset of caring what everyone thought of me and having to be perfect. Now I hold myself to a specific standard, you know, physically and like how I do things, but I had to get out of that mindset of I'm doing it for someone else. Like I'm doing this for my damn self and yeah. that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. I do want to ask you this question. Do you find yourself triggered in certain ways that you weren't be like now that you're on the other side of it, do you still see those little things creep in from your childhood? Like, I know we talk about perfectionism, but do you see those little things creep in? Like what would be an example of that? So for me, like we're homeschooling our kids this year because I'm just, my daughter is six. And so this would have been her first year in school. And I did not want this to be her expectation or her first taste of school. So we're homeschooling. Um, and I can see that in myself with trying to teach my kids. I'm like, Lord, please let these kids learn something today and them not day, die. And like, I go into the day is like, that's my expectation. But then I have to be like, I can be very tedious about them doing things. And I don't want to project that into my kids. I want them to be able to handle things the way that they are designed to. So it's something that I have to catch myself with in that aspect a lot. And same in marriage, like my husband leaves his clothes next to the like the hamper. I'm like, are you kidding? You're 31. Like, let's go. <laughs> I'm like trying to ease back, but I'm also at the same time, like I don't do baby adults. So pick up your shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but pick up your crap. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 um, for me, it was my dress and how I viewed my body. Um, oh, yeah. sexually it was like, don't cause attention to yourself. Like, like mm. the fact that I have a, like a little bit of cleavage today, like, and I know that the, like people are going to see this probably two or three years ago, I would be all the way up to my chin. Like mm -hmm. I did not want to cause any, what, what do they use the word? Uh, stumbling. Of yeah. <laughs> yeah. My collarbone was showing, you know, like that in it, it was so ingrained in me that now like. I, I I'm doing work on it right now. That's why it's like super fresh for me, but it's yeah. ingrained into me that like, I didn't see myself and I knew that I was pretty. I knew I was beautiful. I loved my body, but I never saw my body when mm -hmm. people would be like, I don't like this part of my face. And I don't like this part of my face or I'm fat. I never saw myself. Yeah. I, I would, and someone's like, Oh, uh, or what is it like a shirt or something? I would say this shirt looks good on me. And the difference between saying that, or I look good in this shirt. Like those yeah. two different wordings was like profound for me. And so now I'm really working on it. And I've stumbled back to the fact that it's my childhood. Yeah. 
I never realized that so many things stem back to that. And even like, I'm very much words of affirmation person. And I think we've talked about this before. Um, but for me, if I put something on and this was something I struggled with too, like body image. And it's like, I was always told, you know, you're beautiful and like those things. And I'm like, okay, like, whatever. Like, I never thought that I was just like this horrible beast person, but I, but like, if I don't even know how to put it, I guess, like if I put something on, I had to work on my confidence of myself in that outfit and it not coming from like outside sources. So that was a big thing for me too. And I never even put the two and two together of like how you dress for church and for events and just I never even thought about that. So that's a whole new way for me to even think about where that even came from. So it's like therapy session. Here we go. <laughs> Girl, I just came off of boot camp last week, which is four days. And then I had a celebration of life. And then I did two rounds of therapy all in like within like eight days. So I am like super tapped in right now. There you go. I'm like, oh yeah, I know exactly where that comes from. I need a nap. <laughs> <laughs> you probably do need a nap just like to download it all like your body is exhausted from all the info I'm like, ooh, ooh, ooh. so tell me a little bit about stereotypes you were already talking about you know being a preacher's kid but like my whole point of doing this podcast was the stereotype do you fit your stereotype and do you see yourself in social media? And let me explain that just a little bit more. When I say see yourself in social media, is there anybody that you resonate with? Is there someone you're like, oh, I like her. I feel her. I get her. I see myself in her. And does that portray your stereotype? Um, that's interesting to even think about because that's another thing is like comparison for me. I'm like, ah, I have to stay away from it. Um, but I would say yes and no. So looking at me, physically, a lot of my personality fits how I look on the outside. Stereotypically, I'm a blue eyed, blonde haired, white woman with a fake tan, fake hair, fake <laughs> lashes. Like I got the whole thing. I got fake boobs the whole nine. Like I fit, I fit the bill. Um, however, in business, I don't fit all of the stereotypes. Um, especially in like my, my main business, I don't, because if you looked at me, you would not think I would have anything to do with, um, the businesses now boutique world. Yeah. I'm your girl, yeah. but as far as finance, no, you would never look at me and I would have never put myself in that box either. Um, until I saw the true empowerment of it, of women working in that field and truly helping people. Um, so yes and no physically, I do fit the bill, uh, as far as business, probably not. Um, someone who I recently started following is she, okay. So I'm a real housewives, like junkie. Yeah. And I started <laughs> real housewives of Salt Lake city. And that stuff was my freaking jam. <laughs> and I love I love Lisa Barlow. I love her because she is a mom and wife first, but she's a freaking mogul in business and she doesn't apologize for being in that space and taking up that space and knowing, you know, I'm still a fantastic mom, even though I want to like order out food every day because I'm not about to cook. And my kids, um, don't have me like literally 24 seven because I'm building something for them and just like being unapologetic in that. And just, I love, I love her. Right. Right. Oh my goodness. That is like a perfect answer. I have not started South Lake, uh, South Lake city yet. So now I'm going to like, I have my iPad right here. I'm like trying to send it some little messages added to my list. <laughs> 
we talked about it and I'll show it on my ads yeah, on Facebook. exactly you know someone's listening like they're always popping up somewhere um I want to deep dive into that though because you said okay. I don't want to cook all night I want to order out I want to do this but I'm still a good mom and again because I'm going through therapy right now I found out that I project my fears and wants that I wanted as a child on my kids. Mm-hmm. And that was one of my biggest fears of success. Well, yeah. if I get successful, then I can't be the mom that I want to be, which was the mom mm-hmm. I wanted, which my mom was awesome. I had a great childhood, but like, I'm like, well, if I'm not home when they get home from school, then like, yeah. what are they going to do? And she's like, well, why do you need to be home when they, I'm like, because that's what moms do. They're there for you all the time. And it's like, no, (laughs) my kids, they don't even know if I'm home or not, even when I'm home, you know? (laughs) So can you tell me, how do you balance that? And I know that there's no such thing as balance, but like, where do you balance in your head that it's okay to spend this much time with the business, this much time with the kids? Well, okay. This is another thing. It was like a work in progress, especially this year with adding in homeschool. Cause I've always had my kids home. Um, but a little backtrack. So when I was a teen mom, I had to work all the time and I had a ton of guilt from being away and missing that much time. Additionally, my son is not from my husband. I had him when I was 16. My husband was like, that would have been totally inappropriate. So we, um, we share custody of him. So I already lose part of that time with him. So when I got married and we had my daughter, it was a big thing for me to make sure that I could be home because I didn't want to miss any more time. And it was like a major guilt thing. So now with being here, I try to make sure that I work a lot of my time, like in my mom cracks of the day, which is like nap time and bedtime. But realistically, as long as I'm intentional, when I am spending the time with my kids throughout the day, that's enough. And it has to be enough um, because otherwise I'm going to like dig myself this hole and my kids, I mean, they are, they love me and they have, I mean, if I'm gone for a little bit, they're okay. Um, So just kind of realizing that it's a mental game for myself because my kids don't think that they have never said anything like that. And um, just not creating those storylines that aren't actually happening um, is huge for me um, with making sure that I feel like I'm doing what I need to be doing for my kids. Right. Right. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I think that's a, that's a good nugget, girlfriend. Like that's something that I know will touch some people's hearts because it touched mine, (laughs) you know, and and it's something that I'm definitely struggling with today, especially. Um, But I want to ask switching gears from parenting friendships. How Mm. do you make friends? Uh, this world is different. So I think a lot of my friends, like a lot of my really good friends, I met on social media, which is crazy. Um, because my life changed early on. I've been 30 basically since I was 16. So having those same friendships that I had in high school, they don't make sense. None of us are even remotely close in the same lifestyles or life stages. Um, So not a, I don't, I'm not the girl who has had the same best friend since I was five. I just, I haven't. So the groups that I'm in and like on social media and stuff, that's been my biggest thing is interacting with other people who are like-minded or make you want to level up because I don't have time to be in relationships that are dragging me 
past or like below my like best self um, because I don't want that for myself. And I think that you have to be in like empowering relationships. Not that your friends need to like be pouring into you all the time, but having those solid relationships that, you know, you can fall back on. So a majority of mine, especially now with COVID and everything is social media. That's been my biggest is just interacting and showing people because people need people, they need community. And I think that's the biggest thing is just kind of showing up and knowing like, Hey, that's my girl virtually. She's got my back. I can talk to her. That yes, kind of you know, I am always like, what's up girl. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I love it. I, I live for your, like your question of the day. Like it's so fun. Like, Hey girls, who wears undies? And when none of us, all of us literally like, Hey, nobody wears undies. Like nobody has time for underwear. <laughs> so I, I love it. It's just what stuff like that. I'm like, I pee when I laugh or sneeze or cough. That's why I'm wearing panties. And is no one else, like, is no one else peeing on themselves? Like, what is Kegels. Everybody needs just more Kegels. That was like the story, like storyline. <laughs> right. And so when you're making these friends online, what is like one of those things where you're like, yes, we connect. I get it. Like, what is your, your connecting factor for you? I don't know. I think I just, I'm one of those people that I see people and I instantly have like a gut feeling. Mm -hmm. And I've always been like that. And I think like going back to being a PK, like your my dad has always told me like, you have gifts, you have blessings. Yeah. And as you age, you're going to like kind of tune into those. And I think that's one of my things is like, I just get people, I guess now you are like, oh, this is person's vibe or whatever, but I get like instant gut reactions mm -hmm. from people. And I can just tell if you're just going to be a trash human or not. Like <laughs> I just, <laughs> it's, it's a gut feeling. Mm -hmm. You're not gonna have any. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You're really good. laughs> yes. So do you choose? This is one of my questions that have evolved through all the the podcast seasons. Would you choose someone to be your friend over morals or characteristic traits? And the difference is is morals, we all kind of have the same, right? We all kind of like don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal, um, don't murder, right? Yeah. And then characteristic traits is like, they're always late. They chew with their mouth open. They scrape the plate with their fork. <laughs> like they bite their nails. I don't know. They're, you know, like the characteristic traits that we can have the same morals, but what makes them them? I can't like, which yeah. one do you choose? That just made it way harder. Cause originally I was thinking morals because if you're like a trash human at your core, like that's going to spill out to the rest of your life. True. And so it's a characteristic trait for me is like a lapse in judgment or okay. someone who has, you know, it could be like, everyone makes mistakes. So those things I feel like you could overlook a little bit easier. Whereas like, if you have a true, like like off-centered moral compass, then I would probably be less likely to have you like in my space. So I guess I would have to go with morals over characteristics. Yeah, yeah, same. Um, I know you being a young mom, I, I've had a couple of young moms on that they're now in their 40s, a little bit older, right? And I'm not, I'm not calling you 40. I don't want you to think I just aged you. <laughs> like, and there's nothing wrong with being 40. My dream age is 43. Like I'm getting there, I'm getting there. I love it. <laughs> but did you have some kickback being a young mom from other moms? Because I'm hearing the same kind of story. Like they just automatically saw me when my kid went to kindergarten and was like, what is this young kid doing here? Did you ever experience that? 
So I, I think it's another thing that was like a mental thing, which I'm seeing now. And I didn't see then it's like, when I'm dropping my kid off in pre-K, these moms are like 45 with their two-year-olds. And I'm like, okay, good for you, Susan. But like, we're, we're all still at the same level of parenting. So in my mind, we're ground level, like there's not a difference. Um, So I think that it was mainly like, I created those stories like, oh, they must be thinking this about me because that's how I feel about myself because I feel like I'm playing in this battlefield where like I came without a sword, but it's not, I don't ever, no one ever physically said anything to me. However, when my husband and I, we built this house a couple of years ago, mind you, this is our third home that we've bought. And I know that I'm young to like own a home, but (laughs) not so much now, but you know, over the last several years, but when we first bought, someone came to our house and I like opened the door and he was like, Hey, can I talk to your mom? Is, Is the owner here? And I was like, I am the mom and the owner. So yes, yes please. Like, it's like, can I speak to the manager? I am the manager, Missy. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how I felt. And that's the only real time I felt like I've had to like defend who I like my position in life. Um, but not so much with moms. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I love that because I think there's now a shift, but I think 20 years ago, it wasn't like that. Like 20 years Mm -hmm. ago, women were having to really defend being a young mom or not being a mom at all, right? Like the fact that you're not a mom at 30, 20 years ago was like, why haven't you had kids? And I know that's still a thing, but I think as women, we're being more supportive of any lifestyle is a good lifestyle. Do what you want to. We're not, we're not all made to be moms. Exactly. Yeah. Which I think is a good thing. And I have a good example. Like everyone is like, oh, adopt, don't shop. Like when you're talking about having animals, I am the last person on this planet who needs to own an animal because I just, I'm not a fan. I don't like the hair. I'm just, I'm not. And I know that about myself. I know that I should not have one, but then on the other side, like me knowing that I shouldn't have animals, then there's people who are like, oh, well, there's these horrible dog owners you shouldn't have animals. Not that I would be horrible to an animal because I wouldn't, but I'm just not made for that. But on the other side, when you don't want animals, like people are like, you should have one. Everybody, all the kids deserve to grow up with a dog. And I'm like, okay, well, are you going to come like scrape the poop and take it on walks and get it's like fur trimmed and stuff? Because I'm not. And I think that that needs to be a, a, like an allowed space for obviously animals, but for people who don't want the same lifestyle, like regardless of which side you're on, like, okay, you're 45 and you don't want to have kids. Great for you. Like shatter all the ceilings, do whatever the crap it is you want to do. And we just have to allow space for people to live their dang lives. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It wouldn't be that hard. I am definitely in the no pet crew. I do not want anything else I need to take care of. Like I am so tired of feeding things and wiping things and cleaning things and yelling at people like to have another thing to take care of is like, and when people are like, I love my dog. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) All right. Good for you. And I just, I can't hear. I would have a panic attack if a dog got up on my couch. Yes. (gasps) Yes. I am so glad I'm not the only one. I can't. And when they're like holding it and it's like hair and stuff, I can't, I can't. Are they like, let it kiss in the face? Ah! I can't, I can't, I can't. That's, mm -mm, that's beyond (laughs) meditation. All right. 
Okay, let's start talking about your business, girl. What businesses do you have? What do you do? Tell us all about it. Okay, so I do all of the things. But um, a couple of years ago, I started VR Guest Boutique, which is completely online. It's mainly ladies and littles. I carry like some men's clothing, but for the most part, it's just women um, and babies. So I actually started that business because I was ordering so much crap for my daughter um, from boutiques just to have everything customized. Cause I'm again, that mom who wants like monogram to everything. And like, all, I'm obsessed with my daughter's name. Like I just always have been. So I wanted it on everything. Yeah. So like looking at how much I was spending to have somebody else do it when I was home and knew I could, I just bought the stuff and I started it and it kind of kickstarted um, from there. And it gave me another um, thing to be able to do with being home. So like I said earlier, I, it was a big deal for me to be home with my kids. I missed out on so much time. I wanted to make up for that um, just personally. And so it alleviated some of that like income stuff. So my husband has always done very well, but he's a lineman, like power lines and stuff. When your power goes out, that's who goes out in the middle of the night to fix it. So in order to keep with our lifestyle, he was working a lot of overtime just for having us home and things like that. But me going to work didn't make sense either. So with starting the business, it alleviated some of that stress, but also it allowed me to kind of have some of that power back too, um, because I don't know about any of the other stay-at-home moms, but for me, it always felt weird to like go buy my husband his birthday gift, knowing that the money that was in the account was only from him. So it felt like it was him buying his own birthday present, which he never ever would have ever said anything like that. But again, another mental story. Uh, so that was the biggest reason that I started Be Our Guest. And it just kind of like stemmed from there. Um, but Be Our Guest is definitely a tag at Be Our Guest, like Beauty and the Beast, because that's my favorite movie ever. So I'm a Disney princess still. So <laughs> that's, um, that's my main business that I've always done. Um, but in the last um, probably year almost, I added some extra layers to what I'm doing in business. Like I mentioned finance a little bit. So I just educate people. I, my meetings are hundred percent free um, because I think that everyone should have access to how their money can truly be working and growing for them um, and not have to pay people a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars an hour just to get that information. And again, just kind of puts everybody on that, you know, that's that playing field where you have access to your options when it is time to make decisions for your family and your future. So um, that's a little bit of tidbit about what I, what I do. Okay. So that, that's a lot. Yeah, it <laughs> is a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Like don't, don't, don't discount you. Like that is a lot to do, especially being at home with your doing it. So when, like, what was the mindset of, yes, I'm going to do this. I've made all my monogram shirts. I'm going to start selling. Like what, what was that click? What was that spark? I think that I've always had like a fire to do more when it stems probably back to when I had my son, I never wanted him to ever think that his life would have been different had his mom been older and more established. Um, so I think that fire has always been there and it just kind of like kicked me in the face when I was like, you, you can do this. And it's more simple than you created in your head. So now not only are we going to do this and we're going to, we're going to grow it, but we're also going to tell other people along the way how you can do it. Because I've always been very transparent with how simple it is to truly win if you're willing to put in the work. And so I've always been open with people who want to start something on what the like tangibles are to really get there because 
if you really have that fire and you want to make a change, you should be able to have somebody who's kind of there to hold your hand a little bit and help you get started. Yeah. Um, have you ever done an MLM or network marketing through Excels? I have. I did Beachbody for a while and I actually still hold it. I have about 60 girls that are still in a group that I, you know, send my emails, but it's pretty much automated now. And a lot of it is organic. Like if anyone is being added into it, it's solely like from me uh, or from them, like coming to me and just saying, Hey, do you still do this? Do you have access? Um, those type of things. Um, but I'm not, I'm not like actively pursuing anything with that. Yeah. Um, why did you choose to kind of step away from it? or let it run itself? Mm, well, a lot of, okay. So part of it was I, when I first joined, it was for a sense of community um, with being home, being a stay at home mom and always being passionate about fitness. I was like, this is my way into one break into the fitness space, but then also have a community of people and the community of people that were kind of above me, they all just trickled off into other things, which is totally fine. But it lost a sense of the community. So I wanted to kind of segue into having my own community, having that page open for people, but kind of allowing them the freedom to not be so pressured of, oh, we have this thing going on, join this next group. And it just being an organic um, community. Um, so I let that kind of float. And then of course, be our guest took off and it took a lot of my time as well. So I was kind of scheduling more things with Beachbody and focusing a lot of my time on be our guest. Yeah. Um, I have, this sounds like a weird question, but what is the difference between the two? And I don't mean, cause I have never done MLM network marketing. Um, I just working on my spa and this was like, I've always been an entrepreneur on my own name, but there's very few that go from like the network marketing to entrepreneurship under their own name. Can you tell me the differences that you had to realize between the two? Yeah, so with network marketing, I think the biggest thing you have to realize is you, this is gonna kind of sound harsh, but it's not your own business. You're still, I mean, you're 1099, you are, you know, it's technically yours, but you didn't, build the product. You didn't build these programs and those types of things. You extended access to it, to your warm market and beyond. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't mine. And that was something that was kind of like, I would call myself like, Oh, I'm a boss and all of that. And then I was kind of looking at, it, I'm like, I didn't create any of this. Like I created the community, but it, it wasn't mine from the ground up. So that's why I think I hold a lot of pride with um, be our guest because it literally everything invested in it, everything created from it, everything that goes out of these walls has gone through my hands. And it's something that I have worked on and literally like my blood, sweat and tears have gone into making it what it is today. Um, and I think that there's a huge pride thing for me with that. Not that now our marketing is a bad thing because you can definitely do well, um, you just have to make sure you're recruiting 900 million people and getting them going and hand-holding and things like that. Whereas with your own business, what you do and what you create is what you're going to see back. Yeah. Um, this is a very touchy subject for me. 
yeah very like and it's not oh I don't hate on it but it's definitely a trigger like between people with MLMs network marketing saying it's the same thing as a business like I do and people using too many filters are like my top two triggers right now (laughs) I'm a filter girl I do love a good filter yeah Uh, but no, I agree. And I never saw it until I was on the other side because of all the legal aspects you have to go through to start an actual business and the, you know, getting all of your LLCs and, you know, payroll and all of the inventory and all of the things and taxes, like it's a whole different world. And I never saw it till I was on the other side. And I think that when you, when you go into some kind of network marketing and you're really discussing it, um, you kind of go into the mindset because you're, you're told these things like, this is your business. You work it how you want to. And it's like, yes, it is, but you're being paid by someone else and you're, you're giving their products and their services. You're not utilizing your own, which is not a bad thing, but I can definitely understand where you're coming from with it being a trigger, because when you do build something from the ground up yourself with your name and your brand, it's just, it's different. It's very different. Right. Right. And I think we, we need, we all find our things that work for us. And when I officially got, like, when I realized that it was a trigger for me, it was the Lulu row. When those leggings were like splitting people's like butt cracks open. Remember that? Like the pants were like literally <laughs> splitting and people's asses were like just being shown. And it was like a, like a downfall. And people were like, okay, I can't do that anymore. I wasn't a fan of their clothes in the first place, but for me, all those people that were selling it, it wasn't their face. It wasn't Christine's leggings fall apart. It was Lulu Rose leggings fall apart. I was just part, and I wasn't selling it. I'm just saying example. It wasn't my name that would have been connected to that, to that brand. It was that brand. And when that clicked for me, I'm like, it's not the same. If I wax a girl's eyebrows off, they're not going to say, hey, the wax, wax. No, it was me. I take Mm -hmm. that responsibility. Um, Between that and when they're like, if I sell like $2,000, they're going to take me to Hawaii. I'm like, what if you sold $2,000 for yourself and then you could really do Hawaii? Like, it's not a free trip. Yeah, you know, like if money over you. Right. And I, I never understood that, like making other people money, then calling it your own. Mm-hmm. I yeah. Just, I, go ahead. Uh, I, I just, it was really hard for me to connect. I was like, um, I don't get conferences. I don't have a Urban Rose Spa conference. I don't have a podcast. You've got to meet her podcast conference. And I'm going to bring in all these major people to come in and talk. Like I have to build my own community. Mm-hmm. I have to talk to other business owners. I do meetups with other business owners. I reach out to all these badass women to connect us all together. I don't get to go to a blankety blank conference to get poured into. 
I don't yeah. have those things. I, I have to do, like you said, from the ground up. I got to yeah. find out my SKUs. I got to find out what how much this cost me and all this other things. And I think it's just a different mindset. Like you said, if you don't, if you haven't been on this side, <laughs> you're not going to know. And it's a yeah. different kind of way of looking at business. I just ever, I, had, I don't think, I think you're my first person so far for the season that has been on both sides. Yeah. And I think that's, it's key because some people, they want business ownership-ish, um, without having to do the leadership and the the back end portions of business ownership the the not sexy moments where you literally haven't showered in two days and your leg hair is like an inch long because you're buried <laughs> in inventory like it, that's not glamorous it's not sexy but it's part of it when you're when you're building a business and same thing with like huge companies now like Amazon, like that guy literally started in his basement the year I was born. And then like now 26 years later, it's freaking booming. And I think that a lot of people, one, they quit. And number two, they just don't believe in themselves enough as an owner to really give it that try, which it's, it's also not for everyone, but I do think that that's a huge difference is like what really goes in behind it and what you're prepared to do. Yeah. Yeah. Because it takes a, it's a different type of beast. It is for sure. That's like, why I like, I should be sponsored by Bang because I drink these things like I every day. I love Bang. I'm like obsessed. I order it from Amazon in a flat <laughs> and I okay, keep it so in my drink refrigerator. Okay. Yeah. What's your favorite flavor? Rainbow unicorn. <gasps> yes. I like that one. Birthday cake and key lime pie. Mm. Okay. I haven't tried key lime pie. Birthday cake was too sweet for me. I'm not a sweets person. So I'm honestly mm. surprised I like rainbow unicorn, but it's my jam. Like my husband, like will come home every week and make sure that it's like fully stocked because I'm like, I'm not a nice person in the morning, first of all. And secondly, if I'm not caffeinated, like, you might as well just stay away. I'm just not, a, I'm not a nice person. Well, you run two businesses with three kids. So <laughs> girl get your caffeine on okay like exactly exactly while homeschooling that is enough for you to be like don't talk to me until I get this done exactly Pray. So say if you were going to That's write a book sure. this is Lydia what Lydia knows book right what would be chapter one what is the you cannot move forward until you know this I think it just comes back to just like truly believing at your core and not needing something from an outside source. I think that's the biggest thing to move forward with anything. You, It has to come from you because if it comes from outside sources, you're never going to succeed. There's always going to be something that comes from the outside that can like penetrate your, like your vibe, your bubble, all of that. Mm -hmm. And so if it's weak enough to be penetrated by outside sources and you don't have that strong enough belief in yourself. And I think that has to be number one before you move forward with anything at all. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. What is something you wish you would have known before you started all of this? Uh, probably a time management. <laughs> oh, okay. I haven't gotten that answer yet. Please explain. Okay. So for me, I'm a list person. Like for as young as I am, I should probably be like way more technical, but I'm like pen and paper notes. I have three planners in my office. Like mm -hmm. that's how I do it. And I think 
allowing specific timeframes and then cutting it off is massive for anything in life, but having a stopping point, whether it's scrolling social media or it's prepping for your next, you know, podcast, or it's how much time you're spending in front of your kids or your TV or with your spouse, like allowing for those to be like in your either mental calendar or on your like daily planner, um, making sure that you're pouring into everything that fuels you enough every day, because otherwise you're just going to fall down. Yeah. Yeah. Was that something that you really struggled with? Mm -hmm. I would be someone like after I had, so my baby's two and the boutique really took off when he was probably two months old. So I had so many orders and I was the only person doing anything. So I would be up, I would nurse him at like 10 in the evening. I would sleep for like an hour. Then I would get up and work on orders for the next couple of hours, knowing that, you know, in four hours I was going to have to feed him again. So I would get that done. Then I would feed him. Then I would go rest. And then I would wake back up and I would try to knock stuff out. And I was just like a zombie because not only being postpartum and like just having a newborn, you're exhausted, but all of those things mixed together. I like got to a point where I was like, I can't do, I can't do anything. I literally can do nothing because I have drained myself of all like resources. And so it was something I really struggled with in the beginning is just being like, it's okay that it's not done right now. You can go past a turnaround time and just apologize and make it right with your customer. Like if it's going to impact you like mentally or physically or like in the core things that really change your life, then it's not worth the hassle of doing those things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've, and I think that's the perfection, right? You said you're a number three, right? I'm a two, but I wing three. And so I really think I teeter totter between the two. I haven't, but I think my most core fears are in two with like being loved and things like that. Yeah. I'm a five and I wing seven. There you go. Yeah. I'm yeah. very intellectual. Like I, like I need to know and I want to know everything genuinely not to be nosy and it comes off as being a know-it-all and that is one of my biggest fears is like I don't want you to think I'm a know-it-all I literally am just interested in everything you're saying (laughs) that's awesome like I would love to know a little bit about a lot yeah yeah no, I love that. I think that makes you really interesting though, because you are so multifaceted in so many things. I think that's awesome. A girlfriend, speaking of you, like we have so much time. I'm watching I'm watching this show about um, blacksmithing. Oh god. And it's on the history. That's why you watch the dog show. It's because you're a five and you need to know what goes on at a dog show it all makes sense it's all rounding back this is awesome yes and I'm watching these men like in competition make knives and swords and I like watch it to go to sleep and my husband's like why are you so into this I'm like look that's kind of wobbly and it has a fracture in it and it's not he didn't forge it so it's not gonna work oh my goodness he's heating it up for the third time he's like how are you (laughs) Okay, that makes me really think that my husband might be a five because all of those traits you just said is very much him. Mm-hmm. And that's that's how he is. And sometimes I'm like, hey, can we like can we pick a lane here? Because I, I don't know what you're talking about, but he's genuinely interested. And I'm probably like being an asshole wife because I'm like, 
the shit are you talking about, dude? Like, right. like <laughs> you wanted me to watch it. a glass blowing. Oh, I watched that. Yes, it's so good. Loves it. I love like the the we do the holiday uh, cooking championship every year. Oh, it's like yeah. a date night. Like, oh, so good. I'm into it. I'm so into it. Yeah. Yeah, I, the glass blowing was like probably one of my favorites. I like that, I think, a little bit more than I like my blacksmithing show. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> but I like watched all season two in one day of the glass blowing. It was so good. And then they brought in like Queer Eye, and I was like, oh my God, yeah. I Fangirl moment in my blacksmithing show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh my. yeah, definitely. So um, going back to what we're here for, can you tell me of a, a, a failure that you have had, that you've had to overcome? And you were like, because we love failures. Business owners love failures. We love it, love it, love it. It doesn't defeat us. But what is one that you were like, ooh, that was a big one. And I don't know how I'm going to get over it, but you got over it and you're glad that you went through it. Hmm. That's a really good question. I'm trying to think of like a significant moment because obviously I fail all the time, especially in like little moments. Like, I think that's one of my things is like, I have little failures throughout all and it makes a big difference. Um, but I think realistically, it just goes back to when the boutique first started and I thought I knew everything. I didn't reach out for help. I didn't want to ask people how to run things. I didn't want to ask, I wanted to take it all on. So it was just, overworking myself. And it got to a point where certain orders at the very beginning were like, just not done to perfection, which is not me. I was rushing through things, um, sent them out and I got some backlash with it. Cause it was like, Hey, this is not done. Right. This is, you know, it was obviously a customer that probably would have had a problem one way or another. Mm -hmm. However, for me, I took it very personally and I just, you know, did all the things I could do. I sent her a replacement. I apologized, gave her a discount code, all of the things. But for me, it was just kind of like a kick in the face of like, you have to slow down and you have to do this the way you would normally do it. Otherwise you're going to just scrutinize all the things that you've put in place so far. And it's going to make you, it's going to push you way further back than, than you were. And there's no need for that when you just slow down right now, which is funny because in parenthood, you tell kids that all the time. Like if you would have just picked it up the right way the first time, we wouldn't be redoing it now because you shoved everything underneath your bed. Like it would have been done by now, but, um, just taking that advice, I guess, to myself, I don't think I have like anything that's like super dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that interesting with that. Yeah. Um, where do you, do you have siblings? Mm-hmm. I have two brothers and a sister. Oh, where do you fall in that list? I'm second. Okay. So you're it's in the oldest problem. half. Yes. And okay. we're, we're this part. Okay. Do you feel like that's why you have the mentality you do? It's because you're part of the olders? It probably so. Um, my older brother, so Caleb is my older brother. He's my like very best friend in the world. Um, and he, um, He's the straight A student. He never did anything wrong. Like just like very by the book. He was a Marine. He was deployed. He came back home, became a state trooper, like this whole thing. Like he just does everything like you should do. Um, but he all, he always got like the most heat whenever he did something wrong. Like it was like, Caleb, you're the oldest. You're expected to do this. And I don't think the pressure was ever really directed at me, but I think stemming from like how it was for him and 
mind you, like our childhood was phenomenal and our lives now are, but um, I think just taking that on mentally, um, I think that might be part of why um, I am the way I am, but I never even put that together, like which line I was, because my younger siblings, they're, they're, it was very different. They was more loose with the rules, loose with what you could do and expectations. Um, especially with the, my sister, the youngest one, but um, I think I held a little resentment with her not having the same expectations and, and rules there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like asking that question when someone is very driven because mm-hmm. elders are older in the family line and is very like, you, you, those are the ones that are more of the higher achievers. And they hit certain goals and they have higher expectations. The one in the middle normally are very good at self-coping because they are normally are forgotten a little bit. So they're good at starting and doing things on their own. And then the baby ones are really good at delegating and getting what they want negotiation because they're the baby. And so everybody's always done something for them and they've never been in a household where there wasn't anybody there. Yeah. You know, like my daughter doesn't know a life where my son wasn't in it. My son remembers a life without her being there. So like yeah. they never, they always feel like they need to be catered to because they're always the baby. So they're really good at negotiating and doing things like that. So that's why I ask. That's very interesting because that is very, very true to my family, but I also married the baby, uh, like my husband is the baby. And so that makes a lot of sense for my life. (laughs) That's, that's awesome. And that's, that's very, very true. I can see a lot of, a lot of real life examples with (laughs) with that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Cause, and then like parents are just different, you know, that first kid we bump their head and we think that they're going to like die. And then the second kid you're like, yeah, go ahead, put that in the outlet. Let's see what happens. Like, you know, that's so funny because I was like that with my first and then with my second, I was very relaxed, but with the baby, I feel, which I call him the baby. He's two, but with him, I feel like a first time parent again with him. And it's like weird. Cause I'm like, this is my third kid. Like, I feel like I should have like lessened up on this crap, but I'm like full force, like worse than I was with my first kid about him. <laughs> oh, do you think it's because where you are in your life now? Maybe, I don't know. I think Ooh. we, we went through a lot of like, um, loss between my daughter and the baby. And I think part of it is like, I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop with him. And like, I don't allow myself for it to be okay. Um, so I think that might be part of it, but it also could be like, just lifestyle is different. And I don't know, that's an interesting question. I might have to think about that a little bit yeah. to see where that's a hypothesis. <laughs> Cause you know me, my hypothesis yeah is that you weren't there for that time period for your son. So you know that that is a collective for the next boy. So probably when you were going to be this, when he gets to the same age that you were fully engaged, where you weren't working as much with your son, you'll probably start relaxing because you've already gone through that process. That's possible because that's where we're at now. Um, I worked a lot whenever Carson, my oldest was, up until he was probably 18 months, two years. And that's where we are right now is yeah. the baby just turned, well, oh gosh, he's about to turn three in May. So yeah. maybe I'm just 
that a little too long because he's the last baby. <laughs> Maybe I have some more issues that I need to work through and I didn't realize. <laughs> no, but it, it's a thing. Um, it's a, uh, as parents, we do it with love. So like, if you don't mm -hmm. remember getting showered at love at a certain age, then you don't know how to love your child until you get to that point of the love that you remember receiving. So if you didn't get a lot mm -hmm. of hugs and kisses when you were little, like four or five years old, as a parent, it's hard for you to give hugs and kisses, especially mm -hmm. in men. It's predominantly in men because they don't have that nurturing um, gene automatically. They have to cultivate it, but it's hard for them or parents to love kids the way of hugs and kisses at that age group. And so it, it works through all of it. Like for me, anything under 10, I'm probably not about you. Like, I don't like kids under 10, like, but 10 years old in preteen and teenagers, I'm like, yeah, let's do something. Let's do this. But that's when I started to shine in my age group. So like okay. anything under 10, I'm like, what do I do with them? Like, yeah. What do I do with my hands? Right. <laughs> and like, do you like movies? Like what kind of movies do you like? Like, I don't know how to engage with those kids because I don't think I was fully engaged with myself at that time. That makes a lot of sense because I love like small kiddos, like mm -hmm. babies, infants, give it to me. Like I want to squeeze your baby. Like the whole coronavirus is killing my life because my, I, my, my sister-in-law just had their baby and I had to like keep her on their porch. And I was just like, I want to eat you. Like, I literally want to just squeeze your face. Um, but you can't right now. And like, obviously like out of respect, I'm not going to do that. But um, I love like small kiddos. And then like, when I got older, that's when I had to like be an adult. And so it would make sense to like older kids. I'm like, I don't know what you want to do. Like, I have no idea. Like, I was a mom at that point. Like I worked like 900 jobs and yeah. <laughs> I didn't go like do those things. Like my life was different. So that makes a lot of sense to why it could be the opposite for me. Yeah. I didn't know I was coming to like therapy and like getting like poured with all of this knowledge. This is awesome. I'm like, give Come it on, girl, let's do it. I, I am a therapy junkie. I'm like, tell me why I like brush my teeth like this. Like <laughs> why do I go this direction yes yes explain to me why I have to do this twice like I don't know I am mm -hmm. my I, yeah <laughs> what are some insecurities that you have around your business if you're like hey like I think I kill it in all this but like this is what makes me most insecure about my business I think because I always felt like I couldn't do like I was very much like the man was the provider and he ran the things and then moms, you know, they kind of did other things um, in my mind. So taking full control and ownership of every facet of my business was a major insecurity for me. Like I was leaning on my husband, like, Hey, will you do the taxes for us? Like, Hey, will you, will you watch these numbers? And I think when I stopped doing that and was like, I can do this crap like what, like that was a mind shift for me. And so it was a major insecurity for me to be like, this is mine. This isn't yours. This isn't ours. Like, not that I don't love my husband and want to be a part of it, but realistically, I'm the only one that's put anything into it as far as like physically. Um, so when I changed and I took full ownership of it, that's when the flip switched. And I was like, I'm a boss bitch. Cause I did all of that. <laughs> and I think that it was just an insecurity for me that I couldn't do it. 
when it's like, yeah, I can. Yeah. Yeah. I oh oh these chills. Like <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> because I think insecurities stop us, but mm-hmm. it's it's a story, not a fact. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a story that we tell ourselves and then we have to re reevaluate it. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Do you know who uh, David Goggins is? Yes, I do. The Marine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when he says, you're going to look in the mirror and you're going to tell yourself the truth. If you're fat, you're going to say you're fat. If you're ugly, you're going to say you're ugly. If this he's like, you, if you don't know where you start from, from the actual truth, then there's nowhere you can go after that. If you keep lying to yourself, then you're not going to change. But I think we pump so many stories into ourselves that we don't know what the truth is. And then we lie on top of what the truth is with their story. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, Ed Milet said something the other day. He said a lot of people, they, and this is paraphrasing, they settle and then they get delusional about why it's okay. Mm. So I think that a lot of people do that too. And it was really powerful for me because you can tell yourself all of these things or like set these expectations and only go halfway and then just get delusional with why it's okay to stay there. And I think that a lot of moms do that too. And I've done this before. It's like, oh, well, I'm just so busy or I'm just so, I just had the baby and the baby's like seven and you're like, well, <laughs> kids so like it's okay for me to be unhealthy and it's like it's not about like being skinny it's not about being a certain image it's about feeling strong and powerful within yourself and taking care of your body for me like I'm it's not like a one body like style thing and I think that a lot of moms do that in in multiple ways uh, but it's like you have to stop being delusional about why you're at where you're at you have to take accountability and ownership to whatever it is that you're dealing with and like own up to it and handle your crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because insecurities aren't always truth. Mm-hmm. But I think insecurities are weakness. Yeah. Like the insecurity itself is a weakness, not the insecurity that you have. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so hard to say because we all go through it. We all know it. Yeah. But it's hard to go through that. Are you ready for your Spitfire questions? Oh my gosh. Yes, I think so. <laughs> What's your favorite color? Pink. Favorite book? Uh, max out your life. <laughs> saver or a spender? I am a saver. Democrat or Republican? um Republican mainly (laughs) okay are you a giver or a taker in the bedroom uh I'm a taker (laughs) are you a good girl or a bad girl it depends are we still in the bedroom are we talking (laughs) (laughs) however you want to answer that (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm a good girl what's your natural hair color brown who's your role model (sighs) Jesus (laughs) <laughs> that's um I don't I don't know I think you know Jesus at its core you know but I don't know if I have one specific person I like 
how, like I want to emulate every part of their life, which I'm making these spitfire questions like a book. Sorry. No, no, no. They're meant to be talked about. Okay. So salsa being a given guac or queso. Guac. If you were given a million dollars today, what are the top three things that you would do? I would pay off any remaining things that we have. I would donate and I would invest. I'm super lame. No, that's like I'm a saver, guys. Yeah, that would be my top three things too. I'd be like, hmm, what is my return on investment on this? Like exactly. exactly. Yeah, that's how I am. And you know, there's there's reasons behind that too. Right. When you come both of us being young moms, you want to know where our money is, what it's doing, and how it's working for us. Mm-hmm. What is your love language? Words of affirmation. What is your biggest fear? Something happening to my kids. Plastic surgery. Do you have some? Would you get some? Do you want some more? And this includes all injectables. Yes, I have Botox in my face. I have boobs in my boobs. And <laughs> I would still, <laughs> I, I don't know if I would have anything major done yeah. again. Um, but like injectables, obviously I'm not about to look old. I ain't about yeah. it. Yeah. No, I'm, I am 110% for all plastic. <laughs> like, Are your lips fake? Oh, okay. So listen to this. <laughs> yes. I got filler done back in August. Mm-hmm. No one noticed, not even my mom. No, my husband still thinks that they look the same. And then on Monday, I just got a lip flip. I just put some Botox in there. Well, I, I got Botox all over my face, but I got a lip flip because I wanted my top lip to be a little bit more pouty. Um, thank you. I I really did it for myself. He like literally was like, please do not do this. And I was like, yes, sorry I'm about it. Yeah, I'm like, sorry about you. Like I gotta, I gotta go. And I'm like, this is what I want. But I knew what I was looking for too, because I had the outline of the lips that I wanted. I just didn't have the volume. I love that's yeah. I'm scared to do my lips because I've seen some butthole lips before. Yeah. Like I've buttholes and I'm not about it um but funny story though is my husband was like oh like he had seen like the Hollywood style of like when you get Botox and your face is like this so he was like don't do that blah 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 so of course like I went and got Botox (laughs) and then I uh he didn't even notice for like six Mm -hmm. months Mm -hmm. he was like he was like and mind you the first time I got Botox I look like hell girl like I have like bumps everywhere so yeah so like he was talking about one thing one night and I was just like I don't know how we got on the topic of Botox. And he was like, yeah, like you haven't done it, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I literally got Botox done six months ago. And he was like, oh, and I was like, yeah, see how I told you, you weren't going to be able to tell because my yeah. face still moves. <laughs> like, oh man. Yeah. Um, when you, Heather's, Heather, my good friend, Heather, she hasn't, her episode hasn't played yet, but yeah. she got full on lipo, 360 lipo. And her husband did not know. She kept it from him. How? Aren't you in pain after it? Girl, you have to go. When I'll let you know when her episode airs because she has this this extreme story about her 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 
delightful experience that to the point my face hurt because I could not stop laughing. Like <laughs> she was wearing the Spanx, the compression Spanx, you know, and she just like convinced him <laughs> that it was like a new fad. And he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's amazing. That's so funny. She looks great though, but you know, I, it's just like, like you said, like six months later, you still did know. Like my husband doesn't ever notice. He's like, your lips look the same. Cause I'll be like, oh, my lips look good today. And he's like, they look like they normally do. And I'm like, You're like cool. Right. I'll keep these awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Tax write off. Um, so if you could have a dinner with two people dead or alive, who would they be? So one of them would be my cousin. I had a cousin who passed a couple of years ago and it was like tragic. Um, so that's the first one. Second one, Jennifer Aniston, because she's just freaking hot and I love her. <laughs> I just you see that. I'm a big friends fan. So Okay. Oh, I have a friend that has a um, theory that you either like friends or you like Seinfeld. Do you like Seinfeld? Yeah. I haven't really watched it since I was like a kid and it was like random things that were on. So I can't really speak to it, but for me, I don't really like dry humor. So I think Seinfeld's more dry and I, yeah. it's just not my thing. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's going to make you awkward. If it's awkward, I love it. So you like the office, how they just like stare off into yes. the <laughs> Oh my goodness. It is the best that, um, I just started rewatching modern family. And so like the awkward, like cringe, I can't, like, I live for it. Uh, I can't, I feel too much. And so I feel like that's probably why is because then I feel awkward and I'm like, I don't want to feel awkward. I don't want to watch this. I want to relax at the end of the night. And this is making me uncomfortable. <laughs> oh my God. What is your biggest pet peeve? Oh, I don't know, probably grammar issues. That's probably <laughs> like there, there, and there. Like, come on, guys. We are grown adults. Let's, oh, and woman and woman and women. Like, oh, yeah. Spell it right. It drives me crazy. <laughs> like, it's either multiple women or it's one woman. Like, come on. What is next for you and your business? What's coming up? What are you working on? You don't have to tell us all the details, but like what's going on next for you? Um, just another launch for Be Our Guest. Um, we're just kind of streamlining our processes with that. So we're, we're about to release um, a new line that we've kind of been silent about. So that's really fun there. Um, and on the financial side, I'm going to be hosting a webinar for um, some real estate agents on really how they can be maximizing what they're doing for their clients. So that's really exciting there. Is there anything that you want to say to the listener that we have not covered yet? Hmm. I would just say like to fully encompass everything that whatever you're doing, wherever you are, it doesn't matter who you were or what you've done. You can be whatever the heck it is that you want to be and you just have to start.
All right, what did you think? Isn't she awesome? I love listening to her story. I love that she has three kids and she's a mom at age 26 and she's just killing the game. I did want to bring out the point where she talks about how her husband had to work overtime to keep up with their lifestyle and then she felt like, how can I go buy him a birthday present if he's the only one bringing in income and that he would never have said anything like that but it was a story that she told herself even though that is not true even though that it's community property sometimes it feels that way i know when i was a single mom not single mom a stay-at-home mom and i had to depend on brandon to take care of us and the family it was hard for me to look at the things that i did every day as my like my paycheck you know like when i go and get my nails done It's a paycheck that I worked by doing laundry, cooking and cleaning and taking care of the kids. And for her, it made her feel like, no, I'm going to get a job because there's things that I want to do and I don't want him to have to pay for it. And it's just crazy to me how little things like that can grow into this empire that she has built for herself. The things that she's been able to do. I like monogram things and I love my baby girl's name. So I'm going to put her name on everything. You know, (laughs) I'm going to go get the stuff and I'm going to do it myself. Those different kinds of mindset is where all this comes from. So if you're in that position where you're like, I just don't know if this is what I want to do, or you just want something to call your own, or if it even might be I just want to have some extra money on the side. Okay, cool. Do it, girl. Whatever is your why, it's totally worth it. It can be as simple as I just want an extra $100 a month. When we're talking with these ladies, I keep reminding myself that we are on the zigzag. You know, we are not in a straight line. It is not linear. There's transgenders. Whoa no transitions throughout our life i don't know there might be transgenders in your life it doesn't matter if there is that's just not the word i was trying to say um (laughs) sorry y'all y'all know i make myself laugh all the time um but there's transitions in our life all the time and we don't know who we're gonna be on the other side you don't you might start a new job and this new job might be perfect but you don't know who you're gonna be on the other side of this job and it can be scary but go for it you might love that person on the other side that you might become it could be a terrible job and you need to quit because it is just not healthy for you to be there and that can be scary quit I I mean, do it responsibly. Don't just go quit your job, okay? Responsible. Let's be responsible. Do not send me an email and be like, I quit my job, now what? (laughs) But just do it, girlfriend. The transition of finding a new job, leaving that job, you might not know who that girl looks like, who that woman looks like, who does she look like, but it might be the best thing for you. I hope that you enjoyed listening to me and Lydia's conversation today. Thank you so much for y'all's loyalty. I am loving it. I hope you're loving it. This is so much fun. 
If you would like to see the video recording of me and Lydia's conversation, please go to my YouTube channel, Christine Barr, Barr is spelled B-A-H-E. And if you would like to go to our Facebook group, You Gotta Meet Me. Nope, that's not the name of our Facebook group. I mess this up every time. You think I would just pre-record it, but I I can't because I'm not that smart. You can go to our Facebook group, You Gotta Meet Her Podcast, and meet the Meet Me's, which is what we named ourselves. And you can go in there and hear all of our conversations and get to know everyone. And then always you can go to my website, site christinebar.com and I have my blog on there. Yes, I have a blog. Who knew this dyslexic girl can write? <laughs> I really can't. It's just, you know, it's something fun to do. And you can see all of our guests from season three on there and have conversations with them. See how they're doing. Reach out to them. I have all of their links and information so that you can tell them how much they have helped you and changed you. And thank you so much for telling your story. All right, y'all. I'm Christine Bohr. No, I'm not Christine. Maybe I just need to start all over. No, I'm not because... I'm not perfect. This isn't perfect. I'm just getting better. I'm Christine Barr, and I will check you on the next one.